page fright is recorded in Vancouver on the traditional territories of the Musqueam, Squamish, and Tsleil-Waututh First Nations. Thank you to our hosts. Welcome back to Page Fright. My name is Andrew French. I write under A.W. French and I am on Twitter at the Andrew French. And this, this is it. This is the only podcast about books on the entire internet hosted by me. It's so great to be back in your heads, to have you back here. It's going to be a great interview today. I just finished talking to Hannah McReady. She's a reader at Event Magazine, and, well, you'll get the bio in a second, but really outstanding stuff. She reads some really cool work, both hers and the book that I surprised her with. It's a good time, and I'm just very excited to share it. Just wanted to say I am dropping this on a Saturday, but we will be putting out episodes kind of on a weekly basis on Wednesdays. That's the goal. Sorry if I don't quite stick to it. I am still in school, and I got a lot of stuff going on, so... You know, but I'm trying to keep this, you know, a priority, what you and I got going on. So let's keep talking, but not to each other. Let's talk to Hannah McReady. I am here with Hannah McCready. She is the event magazine assistant. She runs social media, promotions, event planning, and participates as a first reader for a lot of the upcoming issues. She recently graduated with honors from the University of Wales, Trinity St. David, with a bachelor's degree in creative writing. That's really exciting. Congrats. Uh, she received the Maurice Hodgson Award of Creative Distinction in 2017, and her writing can be found in Bandit Fiction in the UK, as well as two editions of the Pearls Anthologies published by Douglas College. Hannah, how's it going? Good, thank you. Yeah, thank thanks. Oh my gosh, thanks for coming in. <laughs> I am so excited for this interview because one of the things I wanted to do was focus a lot on the idea of emergence, and I think you're a great person to talk to about this because, A, you and I both, I think, are would consider ourselves emerging writers, and B, you are in a role at a magazine, which is where a lot of people figure out what writing is good and what writing, you know, might not be quite ready for a magazine. Uh, So I'm interested in hearing a little bit about what goes into your magazine work, as well as how that influences your creative work, but we'll dive into all that later on. Um, First thing I wanted to do, though, is maybe see if you could read us something that you've written. Would that be okay? Yeah, Yeah, I brought um, an excerpt from uh, the story that was published in Bandit Fiction, so that's a UK magazine. Um, It was published while I was still living there. Sweet. Um, Yeah, the story, uh, funnily enough, even though it was published in the UK, is about Vancouver, so that would be a good one to That's cool. So are you from here originally? Uh, Yeah, I'm from from the US, but I've lived in Canada for 12 years. Almost 15 years now, I guess. Wow. Um, and I did part of my uh, undergraduate degree here. Okay. And I went for the last year of my bachelor's to finish it in the UK, which Sweet. is why I have that accreditation and why um, I do have this story published in the magazine there. Cool. Um, but I live here again now. I Yay! Welcome back. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this story is called uh, Honey and Home. Um, and the story itself is a lot about the housing market in Vancouver, how difficult it is to rent. Um, but it has a lot about just sort of maybe being lower middle class Canadian. Um, so I'll just read from the start and get a paragraph or so in. When we get home, the sun is just coming up over the mountains. I open the door to see our couches, dining table, and the small TV on the glass entertainment stand. It all looks normal, in place, as we had left it. I guess I had expected broken windows or letters stuck to the door screaming eviction dates at us. Benny seems unfazed. He puts his rucksack on the floor, 
rolls me into his arms and says, welcome home. We had stayed in Edmonton only two nights. The first when we flew in on the couch of an old high school friend of Benny's, a young girl that spoke Mandarin to him and had breasts that were bigger than mine. The second, after we had picked up the car at a thrift lodge on Stony Plain that held a broken coffee maker and stained pillows. The third was spent driving in shifts through the night, leaving the flatlands behind and taking the winter darkness by force. Benny enjoyed the night driving. He said it gave him time to think. Plus, he said, just before I drifted off to sleep, when the snow blows into the windshield, I feel like I'm hitting light speed. The car was a gift from my Aunt Rachel. She lived just outside of Edmonton in a town called Gibbons. Her husband had worked in the oil fields, three weeks on, one week off. The North was good work for young men who fought with their hands instead of their words. Her husband, Robbie, was a worker. On his days off, he would cut firewood, fix stinks, rebuild engines of old, worn-out Camrys that sat on their acred property. He was not an unhappy man, though when he spoke of his colleagues with their cocaine habits and young simplicity, he grew stern. After dinner, with a beer in hand and the radio on the soft rock channel, he would stand at the window looking out at the night, mumbling quiet curses at the rock, snow, and the Canadian expanse. Last spring, the company he had been with for nine years downsized. All the big contractors were doing it. The news called for a recession. Robbie took his truck down to Slave Lake, set it to drive, and drank a two-six of Alberta Pure as he slipped into the still-chilled waters. What shit. <laughs> that was really cool. Uh, right off the bat, the line that stuck with me was the men who fight with their hands instead of their words. Really cool. I'm a I'm a big masculinity studies person, yes. so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm all about that. And for some reason, also, the Camrys, I don't know what it is, but I've been reading a little bit lately and writing a little bit and finding people like to talk about Camrys a lot or Civics. These seem to be the cars, which probably is just a product of those being around when, like, people were growing up uh, who are now adults. But I, I don't know. It's It just keeps coming up. So... Really cool. Really cool, though. I, I'm interested to hear more about this. It's so cool. So uh, you write prose, but I saw yeah. you also write a lot of poetry. Yeah, I do both. Okay. So how do you find your writing approach differing for, for each of those styles? Um, I think that uh, writing prose and, and short fiction, fiction in general, is uh, where my passion really lies. Okay. I like creating large stories. But I find poetry to be like very much a challenge in using language and also creating story in a very short form. So I really like to write poetry as a way of uh, teaching myself how to use language better, how to use it more concisely, how to use story in the same way, uh, make sure that everything counts. Because I think when you do start writing uh, short fiction, especially everything sort of has to be important. Everything has to have a meaning. Every line is very impactful when you have a short piece. Um, and for longer works as well, you, you kind of have to do that in a more expanded form. So for me, poetry is like my my practice form where I really like try and challenge myself to use. Interesting. And what do you find yourself reading more of? Um, I read more fiction and I read more short fiction and long fiction. Hmm. Um, I read... Uh, I read poetry when I meet really cool poets. <laughs> Interesting. Okay, I am actually similar. Uh, I mean, I read mostly poetry, but I find I, one of the things about moving back to Vancouver. I did a degree at Western, so I was okay, also cool. I was in London, but not the not the cool London. Sorry to everybody <laughs> in Ontario. Uh, but I I just got back, and one of the things I realized was that the people I was reading um, are people that exist that you can talk to which is so cool which is so cool which is what part of what fed into starting this up so yeah it's really neat to run into people and then be like oh hey you have a book that i can read and then think about whoa that's a person who wrote it anyway uh i think it's really cool so i've been doing a lot of reading of like vancouver writers too 
and I find that that's really influenced the way that I write and especially the opportunity to chat with people. So it's kind of cool. An event is run here. Is it in Vancouver? Yeah. Yeah. So event is run um, out of Douglas College in New Westminster. So right. Sort of like our biggest benefactor. And yeah, we publish mostly Canadian and definitely with a precedent to um, local writers. So that's been really cool too. I think that's influenced my reading a lot. Um, yeah. I do also do first reading. So I kind of sort through the first round of slush that we get. Yeah, oh um, my gosh. And I get to read so much from so many different people, like brand new writers, people who've never had publications, very uh, esteemed writers, and that has been a really cool experience because sometimes you won't hear about things unless it's sort of is put into your lap. <laughs> no, that's that's <laughs> totally true. <laughs> yeah, I think that would be something that I should probably do at some point is like expose myself to more writing styles because I feel like when you're in that position, you're going to be reading stuff inevitably that you have never come across. Um, yeah. Like, how how often are you shocked by the stuff that you're reading? Oh, all all the time, <laughs> and and it's so cool because when you are going through the submissions, um, every piece is going to be completely completely different. Whether right. it's like the voice that's uh, writing it, or the place that they come from, or um, their their level of quote unquote skill. Yeah. Um, but it's so exciting. I think when I started doing it, I thought I might get kind of bitter and be like, oh, I have to read through. <laughs> you know not so great stuff but I realized that um everything sort of has value like even the things where I'm like okay maybe you know this isn't right for us right now I still yeah. see the value and kind of like the passion that people put into their writing and I feel like that's actually done the opposite it hasn't made me bitter it's made me more excited and more willing to go out there and see what everybody's doing yeah totally I think that's something powerful I mean I was just uh talking to Amanda Riom for our last episode mm. so she's a a future novelist I think is the right way to describe her uh, and just overwhelmingly exciting person and she and I were talking I don't know if it was on the podcast or after but we were talking about the fact that there's a lot of value in submitting work and realizing or reflecting on your work and saying okay this that I just sent in or this that I just finished is a piece that I'm happy with at that moment that I'm proud of and I think to be on the other side of that to have your role be to read the things that people have spent so much time and so much of themselves creating would be really valuable and rewarding to me. It is. It's yeah. quite a beautiful thing. And you can see it. Um, you can see the work that people put in. And, and yeah. the emotion that they have tied to their own work is really, really cool. Yeah, and I imagine no matter what it is, like, this is the thing, too, is I, I have often said, like, if I'm at a party or something, and somebody comes up to me and talks about math, and I can't, by the way, do math. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I think... Yeah, exactly, yeah, that's totally it. Um, but if people want to come up to me and talk about math at a party and that's like what they love, I'm down to listen. If if somebody's passionate about something, that's where the value is. And I think uh, especially one of the most rewarding things about being in or interested in at least art is that that's what everything is. It's so cool. Uh, so that means a lot too, which is really sweet. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, I am coming across as a nerd, which makes the next question very fitting because... Uh, I think I told you most of the podcast is pretty free flow, but one thing that I'm doing is having the last guest ask you a question. So Amanda has asked, without knowing who you were or who I was going to talk to or anything, she is wondering, and I am too, what the nerdiest thing you've done is, specifically to do with literature. Um, I think definitely uh, when I'm really working on projects, probably just like shutting everything else in my life down and getting, I get really into strange things. Like I'll, uh, you know, start reading about Renaissance poetry and then an entire summer of my life will be dedicated to Renaissance poetry or, or one time it was typography or one time, <laughs> one time it was, um, how 
uh, book covers come about, like the illustrators that are involved with publication companies oh, and stuff cool. like that. And then outside of literature, definitely video games. Oh my god, okay. <laughs> like, really into... What are the games? This is not at all what the podcast is about, but what what do you play? What do you play? <laughs> I love Skyrim. Oh like god, yes. fantasy RPG. Um, I... Yeah, even when growing up, I always read and still love to read, like, books about dragons and fantasy. And really? Stuff like that, even though that's not what I write. It's strange, um, but it's such a huge influence, and it's so creative and so fun. So, yeah, and and movies, video games, anything that has to do with the fantastic. Yes. Okay, here's here's me getting even nerdier. D and D, anything? Okay, I've never played D and D. Oh my goodness! Um, yeah, call it to anyone out there. I'm super into it. Oh, <laughs> if here we go. Plays, I want to do it. Just all my friends that play are, are really have been doing it a long time, and they're always like, "It's intimidating." Yeah, Hannah. Well, we're just gonna we're gonna have to do a lot for you to get into it. I'm like, just give me a chance. <laughs> That's so rough. No, they gotta invite you in. I'm I am here calling out your friends. Yeah. Let Hannah in. She can crush you in D and D. <laughs> that's hilarious i love it yeah i think a lot of people and again this comes to do with that idea of passion being behind things like nerds i find being somebody who's still pursuing like english degrees right now is just a term for people who are passionate about something right. to an extreme level i had a prof at, tell me once if it's not an obsession it's not worth your time yeah. which i think is very true yeah. uh whether it be video games or books or or whatever um, yeah. And everything is narrative. That's what I always think about. Like some totally. people say, oh, you know, don't waste time on, on playing video games or don't waste time on these. But it's all like when you're interested in story, I mean, I find story in everything. So watching movies is like very beneficial for me and, and playing games or, or something like D&D that is like very, it's incredibly creative. Yeah. Um, and I think that, yeah, those should be nurtured as well. It doesn't have to just be words on the page. Yeah. No, these narratives are definitely everywhere, I think. It's, it's important to notice that. And I think especially when you start writing your own stuff, I don't know if this happened for you, but I found that I was starting to look more for stories in my, in my life when I decided, okay, I'm going to be a writer now or try to be a writer now. Yeah. And, uh, and you sort of start to notice these things going on around you. Oh, there's a poem or that's a story or whatever. Um, I want to talk a little bit about the idea of emerging because we i've already brought up this what is really a buzzword yeah. in in the writing world um so you moved back to vancouver pretty recently is that is that right yeah, i came back last september so september 2018 literally same here okay yeah. so uh how have you found being back here and and the writing community and everything and and sort of breaking in yeah i think um it's interesting because I do work with the magazine. I do get to do a lot of work with like local writers and Canadian writers and mm -hmm. stuff like that through that, doing interviews and hosting events. Um, but uh, I don't know. I've always felt that Vancouver maybe has, it's always clicky. There's very many, there's a lot of clicks. And totally. I'm not really the type of person to just be involved in one thing. Like I said before, I, I have interest in many things. All yes. the writing is my passion. And so I don't always feel like I include myself very specifically in like in quotes the writing culture of Vancouver um but uh I do really like going to events and readings and I, I really like poetry slam um Very I really cool. enjoy that and maybe I'm not always like super social with it but I do try and get out and hear it's half um, the battle yeah 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 it really is I I found myself and I still find myself uh struggling sometimes to get out to events just because it's a little bit daunting to do solo like, it's hard. It seems like there's a door you got to break through in order to to get there. I think I think with Vancouver, and I, I feel this way about, like, all of the social scenes, um, I don't think anybody's really resistant to meeting new people. Yeah. Um, but people, like, there's a lot going on. When you live in a city, 
you're busy. That's just, you know, that's the lifestyle that comes along with living in a big place. Um, it's very and true. so I think for the most part, it becomes sort of up to the new person to kind of introduce themselves and take those steps. And sometimes that is just a little bit difficult. Um, I think, I think you're right. Like once you do meet people and start talking to them, people are super welcoming and super open. I don't find it to be like a, uh, nose in the air kind of totally um, group at all. Yeah, I just think it's you gotta go to the event and be like, okay, tonight I'm gonna talk to people. That's literally show, it, like, right? You gotta kind of pump yourself up. And My like, God, Here we go. and I've even run into people that I've done um, online interviews and or like interviews via email and stuff yeah. like that in public. And there's been times where I'm like, I'll go up to them and speak to them, and other times where I'm like, I just can't do it. I mean, I've got social anxiety. I think actually a lot of writers do, so it's weird yeah. that we go to these events, or maybe that's why some of them have some pretty low attendance, but yeah. I, I feel like it can be, like, that's the goal. Literally what you said is, like, I have to tell myself, I'm going to go to this event tonight, I'm going to make one friend, exactly. introduce myself to one person. They could hate me, they could love me, I don't care. If I get a handshake, that's it. Mm-hmm. I've done it. Uh, and that has to be the mindset, I think, for a lot of people who are trying to apply their trade as, as writers. Uh, it's like getting out to these things seems like half the battle. And I, I'm one of the worst people for getting out. I really don't go to a lot of readings. I should. It's well, hard. Writing, writing is a craft that's not really done in public situations, right? That's very so, true. Uh, and again, when you are busy and you're living in the city and you work and, you know, m- lots of people, especially in creative fields, work multiple jobs, and then the small time that you have to yourself kind of needs to be focused on craft. One thing that's really valuable is how we fit writing into our schedule because it is this sort of solo thing that you're going to be doing on your own. You got to shut out the world sometimes or maybe force yourself into parts of the world to write. Regardless, that takes time. How do you find time to write? Um, For me, I'm a very routine-based person. So that's always what works for me. So I make sure that I have a routine. Like I, uh, I, I like to wake up early. That's just my naturally my circadian rhythm. Not that everybody has that and yeah. it has to be that way. But for me, I wake up, I like make my coffee, make breakfast and I work right away. Hmm. And then, um, usually by like noon or one or something, I will take my dogs out. And that for me, having dogs is a really easy way to sort of like take a break and get out of the house and get into the world. Um, and then I usually try and keep my evenings free and uh, especially more and more lately because I've do want to be able to attend events and be around more people. And I think you just sort of, uh, especially when you are writing or, or doing any kind of work for yourself, all my work right now is, is remote, basically. So I yeah. work from home. And that really forces you to have to make a schedule and stick to it in a way. Because you have to, uh, it's too easy to be like, oh, I'll do it later, I'll do it later, I'll do it later. And um, I don't really believe that writing is one of those things that, well, for me anyway, I don't have this kick of inspiration Yeah. where I'm like, oh, this is it. I have to sort of, it's work. Like, I have to sit there and look at it and write and delete and write and delete. Interesting. And kind of like, walk in a circle and then go yeah. down and say, oh, okay, 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 here we totally. go. Totally. And so for me, I kind of, um, I need specific time to be like, within these two hours, you're going to focus on this. Yeah. And you have to do something. And that's the only thing you can do sort of in this time. So that's my way. Yeah, I think that's a, that's the way that I wish I wrote. You know, <laughs> like I, that's the goal is, is to be able to set aside time yeah, and be like, you work. can do this. That's right. It's, it's always difficult. Yeah. But especially it's important too. like, it sounds like by blocking off your evenings that because it's such an isolating practice to be writing, especially if you are doing like an hour or a couple a day, or at least that's the goal. It can be a lot of you sitting alone at a table 
that gets pretty lonely sometimes. Yeah. So it's nice to yeah. be able to like reach out to people in the evening or, or whatever, or if you can get yourself out to a reading, um, it's always fun. So yeah. 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 Keep your social life alive. Don't be one of those hermit writers who yeah. goes nuts. In their own That's house. right. Yeah. I don't know if it's actually beneficial to them. Yeah. You write some pretty surreal stuff, but yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, speaking of writing and reading, well, that's kind of the whole thing, but I have a uh, improvised reading for you. Okay. So I brought you a thing. Yes, sweet. Um, <laughs> I'm so excited. Okay. So this is The Liar. Uh-huh. Uh, this is a journal. It has a really cool cover. Very cool. Um, I'm going to let you look at it. I don't know much about this. Okay. And I very quickly skimmed it. This was a pickup from a bookstore in the dollar oh, bin. It was it's a journal. Published here in Vancouver. Yeah. It's, I think, from 84 or something. Okay. Maybe? It's it's an old guy. Yeah. Oh, 87. 87. So I brought this because, I mean, you work at events, so I was like, hey, it's a journal. Yeah. Um, but I also looked through and I thought it was really cool because it looks like it's been typewritten. Yeah. Like the whole thing. Yeah, it really does. <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's really sweet. I, I don't know. I just, it, it caught my eye. So yeah. I thought maybe it would be cool to get you to, yeah, there's an illustration yeah. in it. It's really neat. Oh, yeah. there's a couple of them. Yeah, there's, they're very, like crude pencil but it's quite cool i'm into it yeah i love it totally um so i'll give you a sec to look through but the okay. idea here is to to have you read a piece from from this yeah uh and this is also my thank you gift for for coming on the podcast so well, congratulations you, you totally do oh my gosh thank you so much yeah of wow, course that's, super cool. <laughs> that's why it's a dollar bin thing because i've been uh you know i'm trying to record a lot of these yeah. and i <laughs> do not have a job so this is what i do <laughs> okay, yeah awesome okay let's just i'm just gonna choose at random sweet we'll do a poem just uh, this one, it ha- looks like it has a picture of garlic. Oh, yes. Hanging garlic beside it and a teapot. Sweet. So it's called Mountain Poem. Let us lie about Ararat, beach girls in subtle rains, Turkish brown, where old bo- boats moor, stranded now on rocks. We can say we've been there, touched the railings, the plaques, tasted stone, and have arrived back enlightened to tell lies regarding Ararat. Its height and common stature, Jupiter's distance and tremors through the shallow crust that halted our march as the earth shifted at 2 a.m. in the dark and razor hollows. Very cool poem. Very cool poem. Thank you for reading that. Yeah, it's it literally is like for the listener an eight and a half by 11. Looks like somebody just did this. Maybe in word, but not on word because it's definitely from a typewriter. The it's really cool. Are crooked up this the staples are crooked. I'll be honest. I put two in this morning because the staples oh, from the original out. one were coming apart. Oh, so, okay, okay. so a little bit of handiwork by yeah. yours truly, but it's still amazing. Very cool. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> I wanted to talk a little bit about this. You brought a. Is it? Is there an event issue there that you have? Yeah, this is our newest issue. I just brought it. Um, you could probably keep this one, actually. This <gasps> could be my present to you. Oh, my goodness. Another one. So this is our newest issue, the spring issue. Uh, I am honored. Yeah, it's, you know, uh, it's great. There's some really good stuff in there. Um, Cassidy McFadden um, has a couple of Very cool. There. I like her uh, work. I just did an interview with her. I just finished reading her book. Oh, so. Brilleries? Yeah. Yeah, so really nice. good. Great. Really good. Yeah, there's some really stunning work in there. I'm always impressed um, by how much talent is in Canada and how uh, lucky I am to get to <laughs> yeah. interact with these authors and read. And No kidding. Um, this also has the winners for the 
uh, creative nonfiction contest oh, from sweet. last year in 2018. Very cool. Um, and we're currently running the creative nonfiction contest for this year. Oh, so shout it out. We got to plug it. it how yeah, do so we How do we send stuff in for that? Uh, so you go to eventmagazine.ca um, slash submissions, or you can just hit the submit button on the front page. Um, general submissions are not open right now. It's just open for the contest. Um, okay. The deadline to submit is October 15th. So oh, shoot. Lots of time. Well, we better get this out quickly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you got time. You got yeah. Yeah. The, you know, the story could have not even happened yet. That's right. Um, but it's good to start thinking about it. And one thing I would say to everybody listening is contests are an amazing thing that literary magazines do. And I would say for the most part, um, not as many people submit as you think. Um, you might yeah. be working with like 100 to 150 competitors, which in reality is, is it's not bad. A lot. And the prizes are big. I mean, we don't get to make much money as authors ever and yeah you're talking cash prize in the thousands so whoa submit. yeah no kidding okay i would actually i will echo this you guys gotta submit to this because this is cool i haven't heard from an editor before really mm -hmm. when you send stuff off as a writer um you get a lot of rejection emails or at least uh, you know i do because this do. is how it goes <laughs> um and and frequently they are not customized to you no. Yeah. Just general. Yeah, they're what they are. So it's cool to be able to talk to somebody who's who's doing a lot of the first reads and stuff. Mm -hmm. Do you have any tips? A very general question, but would you have any tips for people who are submitting? Like, what are what are some common things that you're like, mm, don't know about that? Uh, I think a big one is is knowing the kind of content that you're submitting. Um, we don't publish uh, speculative works except for once a year okay. which it, when we do do that once a year but a lot of time people will send fantasy or mystery or sci-fi at times and, and it, for me it's just like um you've just kind of like wasted your submission because yeah. uh if you just did a little bit of looking into um you would know that there is a time and a place for that and, and it might actually get fully read through at that time but for us if it's uh starts off with a story about dragons and elves and it's in our general submission process that's not the speculative contest then we just sort of have to keep going by it yeah um so that's one thing um also it, you know i know it's really hard because there's so many literary magazines and everybody always says oh you know try and shop your work out to a magazine that will be fitting to your style or fitting to what you're saying and it's hard because there's so many magazines and you have to buy subscriptions to have the magazines um but a lot of libraries do carry magazines and i would implore people to you know if you're overwhelmed by the amount or you don't know if you're sending things to magazines that would actually be interested in your specific kind of work um, take an afternoon go to the library read through a few for the most part um, most general lit mags don't have like a crazy intensive style it's mostly just like literary usually pretty are. general stuff but but yeah. I agree I think that I've had a lot more success I mean I've been submitting stuff for a while considering I'm still a tiny person and <laughs> I, I think what I've come to realize is that understanding what the magazines are looking for what these journals want mm -hmm. is half the battle yeah because if if, if you're if it doesn't fit it's just not even really gonna get read and it doesn't mean it's not good it's just you're submitting to a particular magazine. Right? Totally. And um, I think that's the biggest thing that people miss. Uh, it's just a little bit of research. A lot of magazines, too, have um, digital editions online or at least, you know, specific stories or poems. Like, we publish uh, on our website excerpts from stories or poems from each issue. Cool. And so you can actually read for free online a little bit of um, what the style we're looking for would be and think, oh, maybe this is the right place for me or maybe, you know, it's not. If you're writing, like, 
Corey Thrasher thriller stuff. Like, there's places for that, but you got to submit to those people. Yeah, that totally makes sense. I think there's there's a lot of value in doing your research mm -hmm. after you've written the piece. I mean, you put so much into writing the work, you know? You want to put the same amount of work into finding a good spot for it. And rejection hurts. Rejection <laughs> Minimize the amount of those hurts. emails you get. I just, I'm at a point now where I, I'll be, I'm always out and about, and I'll get it and just look at my phone and like, okay. Yeah. Well. But you know what? It's, it's that classic mentality of, like, when you're sad, you need that so that when you're happy, you remember what that feels like. And I think there is no writer who forgets what that rejection feels like because yeah. it's so present in our lives. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it really doesn't mean anything. Like, if there's anything I've learned working at the magazine is that, um, you know, everybody has a different style of what they like. Every editor has a different style. And, you know, editors change from year by year. Um, so, I mean, sometimes you just get lucky. In a lot of ways, I feel like that's what it is. Like, you, your, your work hits the desk of someone who likes the kind of work that you do. And that's yeah. super cool when it happens. But I don't think it's anything to take personally when it yeah. doesn't work out. I think for anybody who's, who's done, like, a workshop, like a writing workshop, too, you would understand that there are people in a workshop who understand your reading and, and prefer the way that you write. Whereas there are people who are going to be like, mm, you got to fix all of this. And that's often not the case. So I think it's the same with editors, right? Everybody's got their own cup of tea and exactly. just depends what you're pouring. There's yeah. a fun metaphor. Take that <laughs> home for you. Um, but yeah, so very cool. So I want to jump to your other reading, if that's okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I brought um, this. This is from Pearls, which is just an anthology that's put out by Doug. Douglas Very every cool. year. Um, I've been in a couple editions of it, but now I'm obviously not a student anymore, so not going forward. Um, <laughs> but I do have this poem. It's kind of strange, but I thought it would be fun to read. Um, it's sort of like a an Afra poem, so cool. the first line is repeated over and over again throughout the thing. So um, this is called Learning to Love on Leisure Time. Bubblegum sits white pink on her cheeks. Bubblegum stuck on the last train home. Bubblegum, yellow, black, red, and blue. Bubblegum, shoes left out in the cold. Bubblegum, lip, hip, legs, and thin thighs. Bubblegum, sweet cherries tie the knot. Bubblegum, gunk, crud, gloop, flop, ooze, sludge. Bubblegum, a green dress on his floor. Bubblegum, left, right, up, down, quick stop. Bubblegum, don't let the neighbors know. Bubblegum, pop, 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 pop. Cool. <laughs> I love it. I yeah, love it's weird. It's No, I think that's the kind of thing I maybe this is an influence coming from like I started out in spoken word a little bit and oh, it yeah, sounds okay. like you're maybe interested in spoken word because this sounds like a very like um, audible poem. Like it, it seems like it's important to hear the orality to it. Totally. Yeah. Um, you know, I've never done any actual spoken word. I've read at a couple events and stuff like that. I did have when I first started going to Van Poetry Slam, I went with a couple friends and our goal was, you know, that at the end of the year we would perform and cool. when it came down to do that nobody called each other um yeah i thought about doing it i think there is a lot of difference between uh written poetry that's written for writing and poetry that's written for hearing totally um but uh yeah but that one that one uh, is kind of cool because on the page it looks i'm sure it would be yeah 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 um but actually that's the first time i've ever read it out loud so it sounded cool very cool oh okay so we've capitalized the bubblegum yeah bubblegum's capitalized repeated in the same sort of way so it's very much like a square sweet poem that's really cool yeah i think there's a huge difference between page poetry and 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 spoken word um or even just reading a poem off a page i think there's a huge difference which is part of the fun of going to readings i think totally. um even though a lot of people have the reading voice 
you know yeah, do you know what yeah. I mean when I say oh, yeah. that yeah <laughs> especially when you come from or or are somebody who's been exposed to a lot of spoken word yeah. when you go to poetry readings or novel readings or whatever it is it tends to be a pretty repetitive style of reading yeah I agree <laughs> so I agree. here's a call from Andrew and Hannah to <laughs> change the way you read it spice it up out there <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Um, so we are coming up to almost the end. Cool. It's very sad. Yeah, that is a bummer. Yeah. It's been fun though. It's been a lot we of fun. We both Oh my goodness. Yes. It's Christmas day in here. It's Christmas in late June. Um, so before I kick you out and run home myself, do you have a question for our next guest? Yeah, I do. Um, I wanted to know, uh, for them, whoever they may be, mm-hmm. What is the biggest lie you ever heard about writers or writing Ooh, or involved in literature? That's good. That's really good. This is the part where I ask you the same question. What's the biggest lie you've heard? <laughs> um, I think, I think um, that it was cool. <laughs> that it was cool? And even now, sometimes when I meet people and they're like, you're a writer, that's very cool. I'm like, it is not cool. Yeah, I don't know me, how many of them are honest. No, me writing is like... like just woken up from bed, like, or still in my pajamas at 2 p.m., eating, yes. like, cold food from the night before, like, coffee all over my face, all over the table. That's a beautiful like, image. Just complete disheveled. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like there's this idea, or what I thought was, like, you know, sitting at this mahogany desk, kind of, with your papers perfectly strewn around you. And Literally. espresso, and I'm like, there's none of that. Like, oh, you're yeah. You're broke, you're smelly, you haven't showered, you're probably, like, lacking the social skills you should have developed oh my in gosh. your early 20s. It's true. Uh, and, yeah, it's not cool. Yeah. It's not very cool. The, the mahogany desk is an image I brought up in the first episode. <laughs> oh, I literally yeah. referenced that. I was like, hey, I was talking to Shazia, Hafiz Ramji, and I yeah. was like, you know, a lot of people think it's, like, a mahogany desk at Oxford, and she's like, "No, I have a desk in front of my wall, and I look yeah, at the wall." That's that's serious. Like, yeah. Uh, mine's oh, next to my bed. I wake up and I just roll over to the bed and or over to the desk, and it's like mm, ready to go. That's what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah, it is not. I mean, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like the Hemingways and the the Kerouacs like lied. I don't. They, think they oh, totally. Like that. Yeah, I, yeah. I think that was an image created to make things look cooler than they are. But yeah, for everyone out there, it's not cool. <laughs> It's not, yeah, it's not glamorous. I think it's cool, but that, again, is because I'm a nerd. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, you love it. You love what you do. Oh, absolutely, do. and I wouldn't want to do anything else, and it's totally worth it. Yeah, but it's not super stardom. <laughs> not yet. Not yet. Yeah, one Maybe day. it'll be a day where I'm in my silk robe. Oh, 100%. You know, like, smoking thin cigarettes. Mm-hmm. More dogs. Yeah, more dogs staring <laughs> out at the ocean, watching the waves. Soup and salad are the names of the dogs, by yeah, the way, kind of, for yeah. the listeners. Two dogs, soup is a small pug, and salad is an English bulldog. If you if you do follow events on any of our social media, you've probably seen them. Oh, my goodness. use them unabashedly to uh, create. I think I because... did see a post yeah. with one of them, for sure. <laughs> it's always a win. You can't, you will never oh, get you can't more go wrong on Instagram than with a dog post. This is the way it is. There you I'll go. Anybody trying to up your Instagram game, get yourself a dog or hit or, up Hannah. Or find a dog on the street. That's <laughs> Yeah, totally. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Well, thank you yeah, so thank much you for coming so in. What great. a blast. Um, hope to have you back sometime. For sure. Yeah. For sure. And we'll, we'll have to check back in on where your writing takes you. Yeah. Um, but thank you thank for you your time. Oh, come on back. It's just me now, guys. How great was that interview with Hannah McReady? 
wow, what a great person. She is an astonishingly good writer, if you couldn't tell from that. She also has two of the cutest dogs on the entire internet. I cannot plug soup and salad enough. Those guys are adorable. I just want to say as well, if you enjoyed this show, you and I, we can... um. We can make this official. All you got to do is subscribe to the show. You can check this out and uh, you'll get automatic updates when I post more of this, whatever exactly this is. It'll be in your phone and computer and stuff. It'll be everywhere. It'll be great. So subscribe. You can also rate and review the show if you want to give me some feedback and we'll go from there. Otherwise, my name's Andrew French. I write under A.W. French. I'm at the Andrew French and you can check out more of Page Fright at Page Fright Pod on Twitter. Beyond that, We'll see you next time. Thanks so much for tuning in.